Welcome to episode 99 of My Circus, My Monkeys. In our last episode, we talked about the role of anger and four ways to set boundaries. As promised, today we're going to talk about why so many of us have problems setting boundaries and how to overcome that. If you struggle with setting healthy boundaries for yourself, you'll want to keep listening. You're listening to My Circus, My Monkeys, the podcast for supervisors in education or any field that emphasizes growth and development. If you want to reign in the chaos and transform your team to better serve your students and clients, keep listening. This podcast explores essential information on supervision, employee engagement, and using a strengths-based framework to empower you and your team. We'll examine the latest research in psychology, neuroscience, education, and beyond to help you and your team get to the next level with your host, Ann Brackett, the Chief Engagement Officer of Strengths University. Last episode, I mentioned that most of us were never taught how to create boundaries when we were younger. Now, on the surface, that seems like an easy enough problem to fix, right? I mean, if you didn't learn how to tie your shoes when you were little, you can just learn how to do that now. We learn new things all the time and do them. So why is this different? Well, unfortunately, setting boundaries isn't just about knowledge. It's about the stories you have about the world, your place in it, and your abilities. In a nutshell, it's about your beliefs. You may not have learned how to set healthy boundaries when you were young, but you absolutely learned stories relating to setting boundaries including ones about your value and worth. Those stories and the emotions they produce are what fuel your beliefs about boundaries, including whether or not you are allowed to set them. So let's pick something seemingly more benign to wrap your mind around this a little bit better. Let's talk about drawing or painting. So art. Unlike boundaries, most of us started out drawing and painting as kids. You may not have been taught how, other than the guidance of your preschool or elementary teachers, but you did it. At some point, though, most of you stopped. Why? Well, many people stop if they don't think they're good at it. Now, if you still draw or paint, just bear with me, but for the rest of you, why did you stop? Did you compare your work to that of seemingly more talented peers? Did your teacher make a comment that art just wasn't your strong suit? Maybe it wasn't anything dramatic, but you just didn't feel like it was for you. No matter the cause, you stopped doing art, including learning better techniques that might have improved your abilities considerably. Now, you might argue that art really isn't for everyone, so it's no big deal. But that in itself is a story. If you talk to art therapists, art is very much for everyone. Now, different folks might enjoy different types of art but the process and benefits are for everyone. It's the same thing for boundaries. Boundaries are beneficial and quite frankly necessary for your well-being. But whether it's art or boundaries, if you have stories that you don't have the right talents or abilities, aka that it's for other people, not me, you're not gonna do either one. Last week, Alicia and I did a session at SAXA on developing the practice of self-care. As usual, we focused on energy. The analogy we used 
was a fire hose. The nozzle of that hose is how you direct your energy, but the hose itself contains the energy, your energy. Back to our discussion in last episode, think about the hose as being the container that houses your best self. The hose represents your boundaries. If you want to make sure your energy is aligned with your values and focused on your goals, your hose needs to be strong and intact and pointed in the right direction. That allows your energy, aka your best self, to be directed exactly where you want. So in this analogy, you want to make sure that 100% of your water is going exactly where you want it to go. But most of us are leaking water, energy, all over the place. Our hoses have been pierced and siphoned off to fuel other people's values, goals, needs, and wants. We often don't realize this has happened and just wonder why we're not getting where we want to go. And when that happens, most of us blame ourselves, our abilities, and circumstances instead of looking at whether we're setting up the boundaries we need to protect our energy and get where we want to go. Now, we may still need to increase our knowledge and skills to get there, but without enough energy, we aren't going to have the bandwidth to do any of those things. So why don't we set boundaries? I mean, besides the fact that we're not super familiar with how to do it. Well, in order to set healthy boundaries, you need to believe that you and your needs and wants are important. That means what you need and want are just as important and worthy as the needs and wants of other people. I'm just going to let you sit with that for a minute so you can answer this question for yourself. And to put it even more succinctly, do you believe that you're as important as other people? Now, there are some of you who immediately said, no, it's been pounded into me that other people are more important than I am. And while that's not ideal, at least you're aware of it. But there are other folks, and I'm going to include myself in this group, who think about it and say, well, I see your point, but yeah, I do think my needs and wants are as important as other people's. Now, here's the tricky thing for this group. Consciously, you may think, yes, I'm just as important as everyone else, but if you and I look at where our energy is actually going, we'll see that subconsciously, we're not doing that much better than the folks who know they're always putting others first. And since we think we're okay, we also don't pay attention when boundaries are broken or where they need to be put into place. I know that was and still is sometimes true for me. I want you to take a minute, pause this if you need to, and really think about, do you know what you need and what you want. There are plenty of folks who can't even answer that question because, I mean, why would you need to know what you need and want if other people are always more important? The second thing I want you to think about is how are you protecting yourself so you make sure you're getting what you need and want? No matter which group you're in, you have stories that shape your self-worth and your belief about whether or not You deserve to get what you need and want, especially when other people are involved. That means, even though you may know boundaries are important, you're not going to set any because, well, boundaries aren't for you. Just like with art, if you don't feel like art is for you, 
then even though someone shows you how to draw or paint better, you're not going to do it. It's these stories that get in your way and keep you from being your best self. And if you're still caught up on this idea of best self versus serving others, who would you want serving you? Someone who's exhausted and has used all of their energy on all sorts of random things or someone who's at their best? And really, when you think about it, this whole idea of other people come first doesn't really make sense from a global perspective. I mean, if the rule is other people should always come first, then in terms of everyone else in the world, your needs and wants should come before theirs, right? And every time you try to put someone else before you, you'd actually be thwarting their attempt to put you first. This only works if you've judged yourself less worthy than others. And why might you have done this? The good news is it's not because there's actually something wrong with you. It's because you got the message from other people when you were a child. Maybe you can easily identify that person, especially maybe if it's a parent who happens to believe the same thing about themselves. Or maybe you're not sure where you got the message, but either way, When you believe on the subconscious level that you're not worthy, you're not going to be great at setting boundaries, and you may not even bother to try. So what can you do to combat these beliefs? We've talked about upgrading your stories in other episodes. So you need a new story that better aligns with setting healthy boundaries. Remember, even if your conscious brain is all, duh, obviously, I'm just as important as other people it still needs to get into your subconscious brain for it to impact your daily life. As true as your current stories may feel, that doesn't mean they are true. Your reticular activating system, or RAS, that's in your brain helps you filter the enormous amount of information in your world. And when you were a child, you heard messages that directly or indirectly told you that other people were more important than you were. Your RAS started looking for more data and examples of that being true, and since that's the only thing it was looking for, it concluded, yes, other people's needs and wants are more important than mine. I am here to serve others. In order for you to change that narrative, you need to upgrade it to something like, my needs and wants are just as important as other people's. In fact, if my own needs and wants are not being fulfilled, I'm less able to support others. But just creating a new story is not enough. You have to challenge the old story's credibility and fuel the new story to make it stick. So how do you do that? One great tool is the CBT thought record. That comes from cognitive behavioral therapy. And if you Google it, you'll find loads of templates. But the CBT thought record focuses on challenging automatic negative thoughts. And if you're trying to set up new boundaries, the automatic negative thoughts would be the voices in your head that try to talk you out of setting those boundaries. In other words, the stories that have been holding you back. The thought record walks you through breaking down these stories in a way that helps you look at them more critically. For example, we've already talked about how your RAS is just going to look for instances that prove the story you already have. To counteract this, the thought record challenges you to look for evidence that disproves that story. For example, have you ever encountered students or staff members who don't seem to value themselves or see their own potential? 
Maybe they always put everyone else first. And no matter what you say or do, you just can't seem to convince them that they need to take care of themselves and put just as much energy into what they need. Now, if that's true for you, do you think maybe other people might feel the same way about you? The evidence here is that sometimes people don't see their own value, even though they are, in fact, valuable. Another important component to creating a new story that actually gets to your subconscious are your emotions. Your stories are fueled by your emotions. When you think about serving others or not putting yourself first, those were put into place through emotions. Maybe your mom made you feel bad for being selfish. If this message was based on your religion, or I should say the religion you grew up in, there might have been some sort of sense of happiness or connectedness at the feeling of being closer to the deity at the center of that religion. Whatever it was, emotions fueled the story and your RAS gave you enough evidence to make it stick. So to get your upgraded story to stick, you need to attach an emotion that is just as powerful, if not more so. In the thought record, there are prompts to reflect on how the original situation made you feel and how this new upgraded story would make you feel. You have to feel those feelings for the story to have power within your subconscious. The challenge is to be consistent here. Whenever the voices show up that try to talk you out of setting or reinforcing a boundary, you need to challenge it and think about how you'll feel when you are setting healthy boundaries. Your subconscious brain is pretty set in its ways, so it may seem like these old stories are winning, but you just need to keep at it, even if it doesn't always result in a boundary being set or reinforced. The first step is changing your identity to someone who is worthy of setting healthy boundaries. The behaviors will flow naturally from there. So to sum all this up, boundaries are important because it protects our most valuable resource, our energy, from being pilfered and diverted away from our own needs and wants. We need to preserve this energy because without it, we can't be our best selves. And there are so many people and problems in this world that need us to be at our best to truly help them. To start this process, you need to make sure that your beliefs, aka stories, about your worth and your place in the world are congruent with being able to set healthy boundaries. If your stories prevent you from holding boundaries, you need to upgrade them. You upgrade stories by challenging the old stories and fueling the new stories with your emotions. You need to be consistent to uproot the stories that aren't serving you, but you can absolutely do this if you just make that commitment. And once you've internalized these new stories, you can more easily tackle the how that we discussed in our last episode. As always, Alicia and I are here to support you as you reflect on where you are and where you want to go. One great way to invest in yourself and your team is to join us for the summer cohort of the Supervisor Strengths Institute. We are revamping the Institute this summer to make it even more manageable for your busy schedule. It is the same great content, but we've condensed it so you can work through each week's modules and start implementing change even faster. We know that life can too easily get in the way of you staying on track, 
So we've also added a bonus for everyone who completes all eight weeks of learning. You will get an additional 60 minutes of our time, and you can use that for more individual coaching, a short team session, or to receive a discount on a longer team workshop. Our Summer Institute starts on May 28th. Go ahead and register now. Check it off your list. We want you, your team, and your students to shine their brightest. And that starts with you. So join us for the Summer Institute using the link in the show notes. Or if you have questions about the Institute or other services, contact us at Anne, and that's A-N-N-E, at strengthsuniversity.org. Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkey. You can find this episode's transcript and links, as well as other episodes, on our website, www.strengthsuniversity.org slash mycircus. If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.